Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Happy Podcast Tuesday. I'm excited today. I'm always excited when we release one of these types of episodes. So we didn't expect them to get such an amazing reception, but there's kind of like our list of amazing reasons to go alcohol-free. People are really resonating with them. And I think probably because when we see ourselves in other people's stories, um, it's just such a wonderful thing, isn't it? So here we go. We've got another few reasons why... Uh, being alcohol free is amazing you know in there there's like what is a high quality no we talk about that we talk about you know all the the things that I've lost um, both you know tangible and intangible when I've uh, been under the influence of alcohol Um, and yeah lots of other things too so uh, come tune in it's really good fun and uh, me and Ellie had uh, a lot of giggles like putting this one together so see you there hello folks it's Tuesday favorite day of the week go team Sam and I are here with another episode of the Present and Sober podcast and we're really excited to be with you today for an uplifting, another uplifting episode of The Big List, the big list of reasons why it's bloody awesome going alcohol free and we need a bit of a, a up, uplifting, nunt, 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 upliftment, is that even a word? My God, I need some uplifting. Does that make sense? I prefer upliftment. Yeah, let's just make some words up. It's been one of those weeks and um, I'm in hormonal hell again. And um, Sam's got a resident ghost in his flat. So <laughs> <Everybody appear. laughs> yeah, maybe the ghost will make an appearance during this episode. It'll be interesting. Um, so without further ado, we're going to talk about this stuff. And we've had some really interesting feedback from you guys about your favorite things so this list is going to continue we're going to bring in these episodes every now and again as a part of this celebration series so mr sam what's next on the list (laughs) yeah people seem to be loving this stuff right and i know why like i've always said to you this was still although very simple my one of my greatest tactics still is like just like having a list of everything we gain and it's just such a magical thing to have with us um mm. okay in fact, first actually thing. sorry before we get into the list i've done it again okay. just want to um do you want to talk about your list in your pocket again for anybody that's new to the podcast and may not pick that up before? oh yeah cool so often i think we 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 focus Lots of us feel as if we're taking alcohol away. And, you know, as humans and with human psychology, we don't do very well with deprivation. The idea is like, you know, it's often like when we're trying to say, you know, uh, sort out our diet or bring in some kind of like healthy routine. It's like we we often find ourselves consumed with the thing that we're not allowed to do anymore, the thing that we can't do. Um, And actually just bringing little things in and allowing the shift to happen is really amazing at times. And I think motivating ourselves by realizing all the incredible things that we're gaining because really we're not we're not losing anything if we realize that we're moving away from all this crap and we're moving towards all this amazing stuff by going alcohol free then 
both of those things are going in the same direction, but the power of a list of everything we're gaining is that we're not focusing on all the stuff we don't want, right? We're not focusing on hangovers. We're not focusing on like bad finances, arguments, all this stuff. We're focusing on all this incredible stuff and our subconscious mind just loves that. You know, it doesn't know the difference between us visualizing these things we have, haven't got yet and, and, and actually having them. That's why it's just so amazing to have this like positive reminder with us all the time. So, yep. I mean, for me, it used to be something that I still have it with me. It grows and evolves with us. And like, like we said, Ellie, like we were like, oh, let's do a podcast on the things we gain. And then we realized we're like, well, this is just going to outlive us, let alone the podcast. Yeah. Like it's just going to keep going. So it's just a great thing. We'll talk about this as a tactic, but you can carry it with you, have it in your wallet, have it on the fridge, have it on your phone and, you know, just look at it, add to it every night. I I often, you know, used to use it and still do like when it occurs to me as a part of my journaling practice, I'll add something to it, something that I'm, you know, amazing that I've gained from it. And it's just a great reminder to look at it. Even I was recently six years alcohol free and it still is incredible to look at this stuff and realize like the stuff I'm gaining. Um, it's just amazing it's amazing so we had something on here which is like knowing what I want what Mm. could that possibly mean Ellie well this for me this comes from being so disconnected from myself so when I was drinking I was so disconnected from my true self I didn't really know what I wanted superficially I think I would have said that I did know what I want but that's not how it played out in reality and it's been on my mind this week because I and and this sort of intermittently comes up with with clients where they'll have some kind of event something coming up that they are planning towards and maybe in the early days of going alcohol free and they kind of want to, they want to go to the event. They want to be social. They want to see their friends. They want to participate, but there's a level of anxiety there because it could be a threat to their, the days that they've amassed and they're worried about going and then feeling under pressure and perhaps drinking when they don't want to. And, um, one of the things that I always say to people, because people are kind of, they're in it, right? So it's like, well, I'm going and, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of planning ahead and thinking about it. And, and, and I always rewind back to the question, the internal inquiry of, do you really want to go? Are you sure you want to go? Because I think we get so trapped in just doing we don't stop. We don't create that space to check in with ourselves to say whether we really do want to go. Do you understand what I mean? Because you, you can f- sort of feel like you want to go, but if it's inducing enough anxiety and you feel perhaps like you're people-pleasing, then you are you're kind of crossing that line between like we want, we want connection and we want to be with others, but if you're being with others, then means that you leave yourself, then that doesn't feel good. So even if you're trying to please other people effectively, you're doing them and yourself a disservice because you're going to end up 
potentially resenting being there. The energy is not going to be right. You're not going to have the great time. And you're, you might not, you might not have it in conscious awareness, but you're going to feel pretty shitty and rubbish about it. And so that question of like, do you really want to go is usually quite powerful because people don't, that first off, don't even stop to check. Yeah, I wrote a little social checklist a while ago, 10 things to always do before you go out. The first one is just sit and ask yourself, do I really want to go? And I have a little frame for this that people might find helpful. I have four P's. So it's people, which is like, do I want to be there with these people, for example? Um, do I vibe with them? Are they kind of like, do they share my values, like, et cetera? Place. Do I want to go to this place or is it like a place with a sticky, horrible floor with like a, like, you know, when you're like, sometimes now I find myself looking into some pubs and I'm like, oh, <laughs> why would I want to go in there? Like, it's a shithole. It's basically so clear that like the only reason people go in there is to get pissed. I'm like, oh, I don't want to cheap go booze. Are you, are, you talk, <laughs> are you talking about Mr. Weatherspoon by any chance? Well, no, do you know what? Even like, even there's even a dead, you know, worse than that. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. The kind of place where you sense that it's like, it really just isn't nice in there. It smells like vomit and the floor's horrible. And like, you know, so people. You, just, just as a side, do you remember the days when you could smoke in pubs? And then they, did, they, they, they didn't smell, right? You didn't, you couldn't smell a carpet because you could smoke in there. And when they stuck, when they banned smoking in, because I like, I, I did smoke when I was um, younger for a period. And, um, and there's a picture of me with my husband when we were dating and, I was, and I've got a fag in my hand. I was like, oh my good God, you could actually smoke inside. I'd forgotten about that. But that was the thing, like when, that when they stopped you smoking inside, you realise what pubs actually smell like. Suddenly you were like, <laughs> oh my God. So, I mean, this is it, right? So people, place, okay. Um, potential. So is there the potential for a good night? Like, how do I think this mixture of people? What is it going to be like? And if all of those things are tick, 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 then I'm like, okay, now it's planning. So now it's like, you know, visualizing, planning, you know, we've spoken about having a tactic, like having a buddy there that knows what's going on, having an, an escape route, all of these things in case we get overwhelmed. Um, and, you know, that's it. And then, and then you get to ask yourself, like, you can support what you want. But, and I think also there's layers to this. As we become more self-aware and as these things become clear to us, sometimes even though we know what we want, it takes an act of bravery to be able to set the healthy boundary, to be able to tell people, this is what I want. Um, mm. And when we, the thing is, it is really worth it though, because that act of bravery and vulnerability, particularly with people around us, really saves us um, a lot of um, sometimes challenging energy. Because if we're upfront with the people that we love, like that are around us, and we just say to them, look, this is what, this is what I want right now. Like, I, you know, I want the opportunity to be able to leave early or, or, you know, whatever it is, whether it's like, you know, the, the realizations you're having about your job, the realizations you're having about like what you want to do with your social time. And the, these are things we have to really lean into. So there's so many layers to this, but it's joyful. Like now the knowledge that I can give a high quality, no, and no, it's the right thing. is great. Like a meaningful, no, like a, like <laughs> No, I don't want to go. <laughs> I like that. A high quality no. I'll get it, a no from me. Yeah, like, no, thank you. And But do you know what I mean? It's like, um, so for example, I've pissed off a lot of friends when it's their birthday. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to go, mate. 
I'm sorry. Like, if it's people that I really know, love and trust, I'm like, look, dude, you're going to go to that hole. You're just going to get wasted. I'll tell you what, I'll turn up in the morning and I'll cook you breakfast. I've done that so many times. I turn up, everyone's hanging. I'm cooking whatever it is and I'm hanging out with them the next day. I feel great, you know, and, and I get, get that little smug feeling getting to turn up and be like, they all hate you. Feel shit. <laughs> but no, this is it, you know, and I think a lot of people, if you're upfront and if you're honest about why, people just get to know you for that. My bro knows. He knows I'm going to like check out at a certain point because I don't want to be there. Um, and my mates know that as well. And they and they, lo- they love me all the same. Like we've got an upgraded relationship because of it. Um, yes, oh, I like great. that. But it, it's, it's, it is like a two-part process, right? It's the awareness first mm. and the finding out what you really want. And then it's the seeing it through. And the seeing it through can often feel very uncomfortable, particularly yeah. for people pleasers. Um, yeah. because there's that fear of the unknown fear of rejection fear of you know what, what, what what's going to happen they're going to hate me are they never going to be my friends again um, the, this is this is a tough one though because the thing is what we're doing our job our job the only thing we can ever do is deliver the message of who we are with real quality we can that we can control and that we can own one thing we can never control is how who we are or the message we give is received. 100%. And the moment we try and do that, the moment we go into the heads of others and try and control their emotions and their feelings, like you said, Ellie, we lose ourselves in the process. Yeah, yeah. And then no one is themselves. And and like, you know, in a relationship, if both people are doing that, we're not, we're becoming like, we want to be more than, we, you know, we want to come together and be more together. Right? We don't want to lose ourselves in the relationship and be less than the sum of our parts. And, mm-hmm. and it, it requires courage. It really, really does. We have to accept that, you know, whatever I do, I can't actually control how I'm going to be received. So I just have to be true to myself and be honest and, and know that the people that know me and love me and trust me are going to, are going to receive that in the right way. And someday it's scary. Sometimes it takes a little while mm-hmm. because yeah, that's just how it is, but it, it's a journey worth going on. It for sure is. It feels good. It feels yeah. good because it's authentic. So this is the the journey back to yourself. And, you know, when we, when we've drank for so many years, typically we've, we've drank to suppress a lot of stuff and to bury a lot of stuff and to escape from a lot of stuff. And so going alcohol free can often be jolting at times because you kind of have this like initial wave and the ride of like oh my god this is fucking amazing so all of these benefits who knew it was so good and then like slam get hit with the first the first thing that comes up that you've been trying to run away from um i i, I distinctly remember last year having three three things that slapped me around the chops one was professional discontent which was probably the easiest of the three particularly because i and I, it's funny because I remember, I remember feeling it in the middle. I was in the alcohol experiment as a participant. I remember feeling it viscerally, like, and when we had Terry Patterson on, I was talking about, I'd actually posed a question to Terry, like, oh, I've got these feelings of self-sabotage. What the fuck do I do? And she said, it sounds like you're asking the question, is there's got to be more than this, right? And that led me to a place of self-inquiry and, and, it, and I remember it feeling, aside from like I was having a great time in the alcohol experiment, 
if I had any dark days, those were the dark days because I had to go inward and it was really weird. It's the first time I'd ever done that. And um, what it's a bit like we were talking before recording this, that sometimes like when you cling on to things or you're craving, things don't come to you. But the minute that you let go and you stop the grasping and you come into acceptance and letting things be, that's when the stuff happens. And that's exactly what happened with the professional discontent for me. It all fell into place. Divine intervention in the form of Annie Grace again. Oh, with a, would you like to enroll as a certified coach or would you like to enroll in the training program? So that was the first thing that came and sat me around the chops. And then latterly, I had the childhood uh, trauma stuff come up um, and the grief from my father's death. And I know that I was fortunate in having the support network that I had to be able to face that stuff, just as you said earlier, with courage, because it would have been very difficult. In fact, I, I, can, I can see, so when people go back to drinking because they haven't got the scaffold and the support network, it's, I, it's so understandable, just like it's understandable that we drink, you know, well, it's no wonder I drank the way that I did, underage and all the rest of it, because of what I was trying to escape from. It's no wonder. Um, so you can have a lot of compassion for yourself in the process. But this starting to face up to this stuff, whilst it can feel jolting and it can feel terrifying at times, this is where the, the growth is. And this is, this is your path back to authenticity, your path back to yourself. I feel so connected to myself now. I know myself. And, and it's not like... Um, like you see these posts about like going and finding yourself and I'm not like, the, you know, this lost paper bag or whatever. It's, it's not that. Like the, the authentic me was there all along, but just buried real far down because I'd kind of made it wrong to be me. So this, oh God, I feel like I've gone dead bloody serious now. I'm going to have to lighten this up in a minute with the things that Sam's lost when he was drunk. Tell a joke. Yeah, <laughs> get the ghost in. Um, but the, but the, this this is the important stuff, right? Because this is the stuff that expands your life and takes you on to that. It's like it's a different level altogether. Because when you really know yourself, in spite of the challenges, the things that come to you in life, the wanting to be part of the group, and like you, you don't abandon yourself anymore. You just you flat out don't you stay with yourself and you make the hard decisions. You make the quality, you, you, the, the quality knows that you taught it. Like you, you have faith in doing that and knowing that everything's going to be all right. Everything's just as it should be. And the people that are good to, to, um, to have around you, that those people are going to stay, they're going to stay and they're going to support you and they're going to understand it's really scary, very, very scary to go into that journey of being like, wow, 
I want to be me and everything's changing. And these people have always known me as this person who went to the pub or did this and did that. And if we realize that we want more than just tr trying to transplant who we were with alcohol, you know, whether, whether we're on the journey to moderating, stop it, whatever, we just want, we want more than just taking our life and dropping the same thing with less or no alcohol in it. Mm. And we're like, oh bloody hell I didn't realize I was on this journey I thought I was just stopping drinking I didn't realize that I was like oh shit kind of thing <laughs> it's really scary we're like we're like shit what are my friends gonna think how am I gonna recap how what is gonna happen to my relationships I don't know who I am like I haven't done this stuff um it's really really scary but I would encourage people to lean in um and just yeah I mean it's a it's a big one and just for again for people that may be new if if any of this feels like it's hitting the mark reach out right you can reach out to us yeah. anytime and this is why like coaching and community is so important because you don't need to face this stuff alone and usually I think because we're in the minority in either going alcohol free or experimenting with going alcohol free typically you don't have a lot of people around you like you know my friends were all big drinkers like me right so the kinds of conversations about this new life I'm finding that like I can't have that with with those friends like they're they're still very much my friends but it's it's a different type of conversation and so having a solid network around you of people that understand and people that get it and and so just by way of illustration right so the the people that I met in the last uh, year and a half the people that I've met through this naked mind through the alcohol experiment as a participant through the alcohol experiment as a coach through a coaching program with this naked mind and with um Jolene Park where we met like the, like you and I still at this juncture have never met physically in person but Imagine we that. are Weird. yeah it's crackers right but we are super super close like the the relationships that, that I've built over this last 18 months or so like they're, they're some of the closest relationships that I've got and quite often we'll lament like how crazy is this like we've never met and some of my my colleagues like you know they're in Australia what's the chance of me seeing them anytime soon but we're so close and so tight and so if you are early on in all of this and you just dip in a tone you're wondering what the hell this is all about and why you'd want to foray into it just reach out we've got a wonderful free facebook group which that's a great you're place more to, connect, than welcome yeah. to, to come and join and and meet like-minded people and people that are all sorts of stages of their journey but the, the the common thread i think is wherever anybody's at there's a huge dose of vulnerability and compassion people want to pay it forward people want to help other people and so it's you don't ever don't ever hide and don't ever be alone um because there there are some really really wonderful people and relationships i, I remember before i joined the bloody alcohol experiment just when i was about to join the alcohol experiment it's got a facebook group I'm not going to go and bloody tell these people that I've never met in this Facebook group all about my drinking, am I? Thinking, no, I won't be having any of that. I'll go along to the coaching sessions, but I won't be participating. Literally half a day later, all over it, got new friends all over the shop. And it, but it was fantastic. And those people I keep in touch with now, 
it's there's just this wonderful wonderful thing about connection and community and it's so important it it really is and and I think actually if we spend a lot of time alone and we don't realize that we're not as connected as we could be even if we are introverts which I am massively I really recharge alone like I reach out but and a lot of people always say to me what you're an introvert like you're doing this and you're on video and it's like people don't but it's the energy that's going on inside I'm very much like that but even for me um if I haven't had enough proper connection I start to go a bit crazy (laughs) because we're humans and we're tribal and that's what happens and sometimes we can be like oh I'm this and I'm that and we start labeling and actually just we just need to talk to people that get us Mm. um and if you're in a small town if you're in a village if you're somewhere and you're like no one gets me no one gets me. So this is the one amazing gift about the internet, you know, and social media and, you know, there's bad things about social media, definitely. And there's good things about it. But one amazing thing is being able to forge your tribe and form these connections with people. Um, and it's, and it's so important. And I've realized as I'm saying this, that we've definitely covered at least two things here, really. <laughs> one, one of them is like being, you know, knowing what we really want. The second one is like figuring out the kinds of people that we want to hang out with and kind of like experimenting in that place Mm -hmm. of like connection and what connection means. Like, I I don't really know how we'd label that, but I think it's, it's kind of morphed, hasn't it? Into a couple of things. It's interesting. Cause if I think about like, if, if I'd have just carried on the way that I was like intermittently, you kind of meet new people in your circle through a kid's school or whatever, but I just, I would never have made intentionally made any, really deep connections and there there is something really special about this space whether you want to call it the recovery space or not there is something it's 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 like everything's coated with bloody fairy dust like it's it is such good energy people rally around each other like i haven't seen anywhere else it's, it's really, really something different and really wonderful to be a part of. Like I, d- I did a post earlier this week on my social media because I'd met up with some of the other, finally met up with some of the other UK-based This Naked Mind coaches. And like, it's just, I just feel so honoured to be part of this community and this movement and to be able to be involved in this kind of work is so special agreed agreed oh, awesome i'm not gonna cry today though i'm not gonna cry let's go light let's go let's light. like yeah let's... what have you lost what right so let's guess what sam's lost when he's been pissed <laughs> my mind mostly um Many things. Go on, what have you lost? You must have lost something funny. So- a sock. A sock. I can't on, man- one, time, one time I got, but well, yeah, but this is no, a shoot. This is a good one. I got, got one time. I can remember this vividly. I was in Bidgosh. I was in Poland. I was trying to leave. So it's me dropping a pen. If you haven't noticed, I'm addicted to flicking a pen around in my hand. It's all the craziness. Um, I was trying to leave this bloody bar and these, and my friends just kept sitting me down and putting another shot of this hazelnut bloody vodka stuff in front of me and bang, oh, goes another one, bang, goes another one. Just tastes like Nutella, but makes you turn it into a knobhead. 
So there I'm going, drinking all these things. And in the end, I just ran. I literally, I remember running away. I was like, fuck, I'm so drunk, I need to run away. And it's bastard cold, obviously. So I'm out running. I just remember, like, I don't know if anyone, oh, another one of us, another shameful one to to admit. Sorry, mum and dad, if you're listening. Um, I can remember running out of the this this pub and going, oh, I'm going to get home, I'm going to get home. And they didn't catch me. But when I got back to the flat, I was like, no keys, clearly. I mean, I, this is all a haze. But my my partner, um, Lisa at the time, she was in the flat and I can remember calling her, I don't know. Anyway, the next thing I know, she's there and she's saying, where's your shoelace? Like, what? Where's your shoelace? Oh, just lying on the floor, sure enough one shoe without a shoelace why i don't know who knows um i then proceed i think i proceeded to fall asleep in the bathroom um i'm pretty sure i fell asleep in the bathroom another good one i lost my glasses oh and could you not see i can you remember couldn't see any of you were pissed <laughs> I can remember, I can, I can, this is a stupid thing, isn't it? I used to have this thing where I used to get really, really drunk and I'd be like, I don't want to be here anymore and I don't want to tell anyone about it. So I just used to go and I used to like go and buy all sorts of terrible food. I'd just go and buy like five microwavable burgers or something. Oh, Sam. I know, Ooh. I know. This was, I'm not proud of any of this. Um, and I can remember my, my mate saying to me, I was in a club and I was outside. I remember him saying, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Because I was like, at this point of being drunk, I couldn't really say much. And then he went, and I remember like running away, like, I'm going away. And I just like ran down the street. But the next thing I remember is just being, I could not. I can remember, I, and then I got back to the flat. I didn't have my glasses on. And he turned up and he was like, where are your glasses? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> he went back out looking for them for me. He went Aww. back out and found them. Bless him. Oh, did he? Oh, there he, he did. He did, mm. which is good because I only got them a couple of weeks before. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't have to have to think about I've lost so many things. How about you? I don't, I don't recall anything off the bat that I've lost because I'm quite a, I've always been very um, careful. My friend says to me, Ellie, you're too fucking conscientious. Um, I think when I was a kid, because we didn't have a lot of money, it's kind of drilled into me to look after stuff. So even with the, even having like a ton of alcohol on board, I would be very, usually like very careful about stuff, especially important stuff like keys. Oh no, Mm. God, I've lost my keys before. No, there, there we go. I've lost my keys. Things like wallet and phone and that sort of thing. I would always be very careful. No, I, oh my God, yeah, that was a bad one. I lived in Kingston and I lost my bloody keys. And I was in this this house share and um, I used to work in a pub and then obviously drinking all the pubs as well. And some, some guy from the pub uh, was going to break in and get me back into my little room in the house share and um the landlord who also lived with us was not too happy about somebody breaking into my room but I lost the keys so what else are you gonna do um I've ruined a lot of stuff though and I've been pissed and one of the things I remember being most upset about was going so we've been on this it was this party at somebody's house and they'd created this area in they didn't have a very big space outside but they created like a a lovely backyard 
area with they put all this special gravel in and stuff but it wasn't the kind of gravel that you would ordinarily see I don't know where I got it from some builders merchant but it was like mammoth gravel and I didn't think anything of it because there I am with my nice dress and these beautiful boots that I bought and drinking away and having fun and socializing and doing all the stuff and the next morning when I woke up I um, soon do that thing that you do with like, where, where, shit, where's my stuff? Where am I? Who am I? I was doing all of that. Why am I? And yeah, because I was staying in somewhere, like staying somewhere I'd never been before. And then I saw my boots and I was like, oh, fucking ruined my boots, didn't I? They were like, um, the heels were just fucking ruined like if, if you imagine like you know the top of a leak sort of goes like that and it's all like sprouted turn that upside down that's the bottom of my fucking boots from the builder's merchant gravel I remember being really cross about that um kind of more cross at the gravel and the people that had put this hideous stuff down <laughs> like as if it's their, it's their it's bloody fault, fault. it's their fault it's not my fault that I was too pissed to notice that it was pulling the bloody skin off my boots so i mean this is the thing like I, i'm the same as you really i like ocd would mean that i was always like where's my phone where's my keys where's my wallet where's my this it just goes to show how how gone i was i, d- I hadn't noticed that my glasses weren't on my face like great like basically they weren't making a difference by the way they're quite <laughs> they're quite strong for anyone for anyone tuning in they're not like just they're there all the time I need them I struggle without them um so anyway and yeah this is the thing like it's actually it's probably rare I mean I know people who have lost a lot like one of my, I know a couple of mates who like someone who'd lost like 10 bank cards in a year or like would frequently lose their wallet oh, frequently yeah. lose their keys like for some people it's really really common and I think even if you're not somebody who loses things all that much um and I would say over my drinking career as such, like I, I didn't lose all that much. Um, but yeah, just to be free of the like, where is it all? What have I done with it? Just that's just it's just nice to not have to be panicking about that and worrying about like where you are, <laughs> where yeah. where yeah. your things are. That's um, that's it. That's it. So it's it, it's it's that feeling of dread, isn't it? When you wake up awful i do not miss that one bit no i do not either it's weird is it i've never i haven't thought about that for a very very long time well william william porter talks about how like a huge amount of that is like you know we've got the kind of like oh god what did i do and we're fearful of what we actually did but a lot of the time even if we haven't done anything we get that feeling Mm. and it's it's exacerbated if there were things that we did but you know the the sort of like chemical like nature of like yeah, sure. alcohol like gives us that anyway, and so often it's like, oh, I'm just this person that carries aware carries around this anxiety and this feeling, and it's like, well, we can't actually figure out how much of that is completely unnecessary until we give ourselves an opportunity to to realise. Um, <laughs> do you know something else that's been really funny is that um, when you go out, I don't know if this is if this is the case, but like when you go out and you, you don't drink, I've, I've had a couple of people sort of say to me the next day, Oh, you're not going to say anything. Are you? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> like, I'm just, it's, people are just like, are you just walking around taking notes? I'm like, no, I'm really not. To be honest with you, I've, I've gone by that point. Because if once people have checked out, once 
the people I love and care about aren't kind of there fully. I'm, I'm out. Like if the connection's gone, like we said on our our, our uh, belief episode about connection, like I, I've got no intention of being there after that point. Um, but you know, all these things, they all tally up. They're all, they all make us feel like, why did I, how did that happen? Like, how, that's not me. Like I'm, I'm not that person. You know, I'm the kind of person that if something's not where it always is, I panic. You know how some people are like always looking for stuff. <laughs> like, where did I leave this? Where did I leave that? Like, that's not really mm. me. I kind of know where things are. Mm. Um, and like alcohol, you know, I think it's sort of like, you know, it shuts down those parts of the brain that normally, you know, make us us. And we start like doing things that we don't normally do. And that's just weird. Like kind of like zombified for certain points of the night it's, it's where in the blackout thing like I, I never really had blackouts a lot but when I've spoken to people about that to be free of the idea that you're basically like walking around running on a program with with no memories oh, being I mean, that's yeah. crazy that yeah and I, I think where that's it's a good thing to bring up actually because I remember I thought about this quite a lot I remember being very reckless when I was in my late teens in my early teens, really, late teens, early 20s, put myself in some really dangerous positions and would black out, not every time I drank by any means, but I I can recall that that was something that happened. And I think when I was younger, I was so, um, how can I put it? It was almost like self-destruct mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, pure self-sabotage. Like I, it was, it's like almost like I didn't. I, like I said, I had no love for myself. I had no care for myself, and so it was almost like, well, it's just part of the course, isn't it? And as I went into my twenties, mid twenties, late twenties, and then I'm kind of settling down, getting married, and uh still you know drinking socially but in I suppose in a in a bit of a different way drinking with work and then after and then and then getting into that point of life of having kids then like you just never fucking go out again right if you've got no social support like us you just never fucking go out um so the whole like blackout thing like it hasn't happened for years and years and years when I went to Vegas for my friend's wedding, that was the first time I'd been away from the kids ever. And it was hedonistic and it was Vegas. And I I don't think I've ever drank that much in my life. It was ridiculous. And I had, there was an episode when I was there where I blacked out. And um, afterwards it really scared me because I thought, hang on a minute. It's one thing being like a young youngster on self-destruct mode, but I'm not a youngster anymore. I'm at the time nearly 40 and I've got three little kids at home. So what, what the hell am I doing? Why, why like, this is, I'm, I'm, I don't need to do this for the sake of fun. And this kind of links back to that, like that point about knowing what I do want and what I don't want. And I think that was the start of a wake. That was one wake up call for me was however much. And and I had a lot of fun. I would not change a thing. I love Vegas and I had a lot of fun. I'd love to go back and do it sober, quite frankly. Um, But I I learned that I learned a lot from that 
like it had and it's funny then you look back and think oh yeah it had to be like that it had to be that way um but it, it like I remember just thinking well like wow like I, I don't want that anymore I don't want to do that anymore yeah and like I think I think if a, a way of wrapping this up for me would be I don't know what you want to say Ellie but like I I wrote something a while back and, and put it out into the world um about what I call a values hangover which I think a lot of people talk about having hangovers in terms of he- headaches and you know bad stomachs and, and all the even anxiety and kind of the normal stuff that we talk about out there but I think there's this other hangover which is longer term which is carrying the knowledge the subconscious knowledge that we're not being the people that we're meant to be we're not aligned with the person that we want to be we're doing things we don't want to do we're saying things that we don't want to say and we carry that and it chips away at us and we end up in this cycle of the thing that we think is saving us from feeling that is encouraging that and these feedback yeah. loops just continue. And to be free from that is just the greatest relief of just mm. being like, God, I don't have to feel like that anymore. Like, I, I just don't have to feel like that anymore. Like, what a relief to not be carrying that. And, and stuff comes up and there's a lot to work through. But it is a relief to know that I make mistakes, but these days it's like I own them and I learn from them and I grow from them in a way that I never used to before. And I'm finding myself each and every day instead of losing myself each and every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday, whatever it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sam, I feel like we've gone real heavy and we're supposed to be lightening it up with things that you've lost. Well, you know, okay. Well, well, I've lost. Yeah, but the thing is, that is light. I know. Yeah, it is. You know, it's both things at the same time, isn't it? Because I think that the truth is that in reflecting on the heaviness of that and the truth of it, mm. you know, is the scale of like, well, well how much lighter do you feel when that's gone? Oh, f- uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I nearly went, fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. It's yeah. like, whoa. You know, it's it's insane. It's insane how different that feels. So. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say? Are we fitting? Are we squeezing in the last one? What was the last one? I don't know if we've got time. Have we got time? Yeah. Uh, ooh, well, we've only got five minutes, so I don't know if we're going to, I don't think we're oh, we can do a quickie in. in five minutes. Can't we? What, what have we got? What was it? <laughs> Classic. Um, actually, the, 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 the here, I mean, were. well, we've done three. The last one was like, actually, actually hearing people and and i i think that deserves i don't know more than five minutes oh yeah that deserves more than five minutes have you got another funny one what else have you done when you were drunk that you regret (laughs) do you know what something i tell you what i'll leave people with something which is always comedy something i always used to do and this used to fit into my values hangover back when i was sort of like plant-based um you know vegan at the time (laughs) every now and again i would get so blitzed that i'd just be like fuck it i'm buying a mars bar and I'd just like be running away, running away from wherever I was. And in the shop, I'd be like, you're getting a Mars bar, you're getting a Mars bar, something. And then I'd wake up, I'd wake up with like the evidence, like I said to you before. And I'd be like, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> and to some people, it's like, yeah, okay, so what? But actually, even that, it was like, bloody hell, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Um, you know, so that's funny. I mean, I guess that links to the Santor Gare, really. 
and like all of that stuff where I woke up with an empty packet of Santal gear, some cheesecake. There was some other stuff involved as well. And this is after years of not being anywhere near any of this stuff. Um, I think what I was maybe doing in the moment was sending, <laughs> sending myself a message that this has to stop. <laughs> yeah. But that's, like, that is what, what happens. Yeah. That is what happens. You self-sabotage thing, yourself. Like, yeah, you do. Until it gets so bad that mm. you, this, I mean, this isn't this the whole thing about like, you know, being human is all about suffering and the whole reason that we're here and that we're here suffering is so that we can find enlightenment. Ta-da! <laughs> there you go. There's the meaning of life for you. There you go. The meaning of life. Suffering and Santalgare. Um, there we go. I think that's a nice way to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you why don't you come in the group and tell us what's what have you lost whilst you were drunk? Yes. We want to know. Maybe I'll, that's, I'm going to drop that. I'm going to put that as a post this week. I'm going to see how long it's going to be. A keep the list going. One thing I lost when I was drunk. Dot dot dot. And let's mm. see how see how many things we can get up there. Um, right, lovely. Look, we've mentioned it, haven't we? But the group is awesome. Um, Peter, you know, we're doing live Q and A's in there. They like drop in like highlights, video highlights for the podcast at the moment, and we, you know that's a great place to be able to go and see our see our faces. We're going to start very soon. Um, some of the very exciting things that we're always going to be, you know, dropping insights into what they are in there first, right, Ellie? So this like, it's a lovely place to be, um, and you know it's good fun. Like people in there are really cool. So I think that's the one yeah. place. Yeah, we had a, a new member join and she was she said to me, it's really nice in there. <laughs> like, um, I think, you know, so the, there are obviously a lot of groups available. And I think that um, in some, perhaps in some of the bigger groups, it can be um, can be more of a free for all. I don't know. <laughs> she was pleasantly surprised at how nice we all are. So come and join our nice little group. We can have a nice chat about what we've lost Ian and biscuits and we'll talk about yes but yeah on a serious note there is there's um, some really exciting stuff coming up we share everything that sam and i create uh, our different offerings and what have you whether it's our individual offerings or things that we're doing together going to that group first so everybody in that group gets first dibs on on things so it's a great place to be don't miss out awesome. okay lovely people have an amazing week Happy Tuesday and see you soon. It's so much fun recording these. I think it's because you dive back into things that you haven't thought about and you see them in a new light. And um, yeah, there were some things in there that I had just forgotten. And um, I am so glad, as much as some of them are funny, like I'm so glad to be in a place where I know I can trust myself not to do silly shit like that. And um yeah listening back to that was uh, was really interesting so lovely listeners you know what i'm gonna say come and join our awesome facebook group um you know there's loads of cool stuff in there live q a's me and ellie are building some cool exciting things in the background we're gonna have some really exciting announcements soon because we we really want to be able to bring you know all of the stuff that present and sober stands for out into the world um in more ways than just this podcast so we are rest assured um getting creative behind the scenes um have a lovely week i don't have much else to say i'm sat here with the sun in my face and that's uh, that's fab so i hope you are too see you soon